righty, we are back with another episode. Why do I feel like these episodes just flying by? Because <laughs> they are. Like we started in January and now it's March. And like spring is here. Y'all, the sun is out. It's gonna be 70 where I'm at tomorrow. So you okay. already know. Look That's the hot boy, hot girl summer weather right there. You know? <laughs> Well, you better tell them, okay? <laughs> Especially in Michigan. That's, that's a Michigan summer. When it hits anything above seven, uh, 65, that is a Michigan weather. That's the summer. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. <laughs> well, I'm here in Georgia, so it's kind of been warm for the past, like, two weeks. We've been getting, like, little rain spells here and there. But other than that, you know, the hot girl summer already has begun in Georgia. So, listen, <laughs> we just going to continue to get hotter and hotter here. <laughs> listen that's just yes. Jordan, though. some of us aren't as fortunate you know sorry i'm I sorry but i'm so happy to be back i know last week we had shut down because some other things was going on so scheduling was a little crazy last weekend for me but i am happy to be back today and i'm ready to get the conversation started for everybody that's watching on YouTube, you can see that we have a special guest today. I can't wait to get in it, get in the bag so you guys can understand what we got going on. But Donald, I'm going to let you start it off. All right. Well, my name is Donald Coleman. Yes, yes. And I am Dr. E. And this is Unapologetic Conversations with the Comans. Yes, and you know, I'm gonna just let our special guest take it away. She can introduce herself. She is a baddie. Y'all, if you're watching this on YouTube, like she done got her edges laid, y'all. She okay. got her face yeah. ready. She said, I'm coming on here right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you all. Well, thank you both for having me. My of name course. is Jade Amoroso, but many people know me or I go by Juju. And I'm in Florida. It's been great weather i kind of wanted to go outside yesterday and just like do work but the wind <laughs> was not in my favor i'll let you be great so, you know, <laughs> let's just try for probably like tuesday it's supposed to hit almost like 88 degrees so i'm just like and i'm and i'm like okay i could probably go get myself a little tan a little golden hour so <laughs> everyone's just sure. like yeah like, what are you doing in Florida? Like, enjoy the sun. So I'm enjoying it. I'm going to live for it. got to get out there. Get you some orange juice and um, go sit in the sun. Okay, bask in the ambiance of it and all. I got sunscreen too, so I'm going to make sure I go outside. I'm good. I love it. So, like yeah, and, you know, if my Insta stalking serves me right, you are also a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Am I right? Yes, I am. <laughs> Yes, I am the five. Um, yeah. <laughs> I crossed spring 17 from East Shadowsburg University, size I chapter. Okay. And I think they started me off crazy. I like it means of if I, if it wasn't for my sorority pushing me to like be a public relations chair and like mm-hmm. push me to like these high level positions, I don't think I will be able to really maneuver how I am now because it was just another another level of this is not just a organization you do in school but it's like a national situation so shorty get it yourself together and they got me together real quick (laughs) (laughs) and like everyone there was just able to help me and I think like that's just part of like why I how I'm able to maneuver my life now so 
Yeah, I love just I, you're our second guest who was a part of the D9. I just love y'all so much. Like, especially the D9 ladies. Y'all just carry yourself on the just y'all are built different. Like, I swear to God, you can tell like when a lady is a part of D9 because she just walks in a room. It's just like it's an, right. it's an amazing atmosphere. And I think you know, sometimes people they're just like I've gotten sort of like situations where they're like, you guys think you're better. And I'm just like, it's not even that. It's just it's just life like you're kind of thrown into a situation where it's not like I said not a school organization it's a national situation so you can't operate as like your mentality is being oh this is just something I do on campus but no this is like something like that's bigger than me that's touching people like from north east west different continents like I can't just be thinking small I gotta really move big yes you know also the CEO I'm gonna let you just introduce yourself some more you are the CEO uh, was the uh, Black Connection? You want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so I'm the CEO and founder of a platform called the Black and Brown Connection. Um, it's kind of based out of New Jersey because that's where okay. I want to be. I know I told you guys I love the city. Uh, I started it because after graduating college, when I tell you nothing happened the way I wanted it to, like nothing happened. I was, I thought I was going to go to grad school. I thought I was going to get like this job because I wasn't trying to pay for grad school so school you gonna pay me to go here and do work here and I got no accepting letters like no job no nothing and I was just the um SGA president at my university I was the vice president on my sorority I was doing everything orientation leader so I was getting myself prepared for like continuing my education and then when it didn't happen I thought my life went and when I thought like it just didn't really have anything to it, I was telling my mom like, wow, I should have just got the job at like Giants instead of like being a student leader. I was like, I should have gotten a, a job at somewhere else instead of like, you know, being a part of this organization because, you know, being a student leader is really a full-time job. Yeah. And that didn't end up happening. And it kind of, it really did mess with me so but um, I was grateful for my my support system. They gathered me like really quickly. Okay. They were just like, Shorty, what are you doing? And I was reaching out to friends, asking, asking them to help me out with like my resume, cover letters. And in that moment, I realized there's not a lot of people like my friends that's going to be like, I don't need no money from you to do your resume. Like, I know what you work with. And in that, and, and in that moment, I was just like, I want to create the black and brown connection where it's just like we can talk about failures a failure is a failure it's not supposed to be worn so you can like you know just walk around life like oh my gosh I'm this big like failure but it's to be like shown like I you know what happened to me like I was the one who prepared and didn't get in but like and it might happen to you too but that doesn't mean that you should just be mad or be sad or I mean you're gonna have those emotions but don't feel like you have to do it by yourself. Imposter syndrome, because that happened. And and BBK is like, I want to be a family. Like, I don't want to be that person who is that little angel on your shoulders, like, go get it, go get it, go get it, you got it. Like, <laughs> when administration is, like, pissing you off, I want to be the person to be like, no, tell them about themselves. Because you won't have a community behind you when they try to, like, hurt you. Like you think we just you just gonna be a part of this family and we not gonna have your back? No. So. Thanks. 
That's but you're giving us all the tea. You're giving us all the gems, all the jewels. Before we continue to press play on that, mm-hmm. we always do this thing, Juju, where we talk about our coffee that we're having today, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I am a coffee addict. I have to have coffee sometimes twice up to three times a day, depending on how crazy today gets, right? But I um, have today my favorite and my little Jesus and coffee mug if my Zoom lets me be great. But it's Pike Place and I get it from Starbucks. It's a little Keurig cups. I usually go to Starbucks and treat myself on Sunday, but I had so many things that I had to do today to get back here and do this podcast. I couldn't do it. But I do have my Pike Place with two pumps of peppermint for raw sugar. And so that's my coffee of the day. And I know, Donald, you're probably sipping on something over there as well. You already listen. Okay. So y'all, <laughs> y'all know, if you've been listening, I, y'all know how I feel about Starbucks. But I heard they dropped the oat milk. Uh, they finally have that available. So I went and got a venti uh, i believe this is a brown sugar oat milk latte okay and when i tell you this is good like listen starbucks you might be on to something i might have to <laughs> recipe because like y'all know if you don't know now you know um me and dairy have beef we have beef um i can't drink like regular milk um it just me and my stomach do not agree with that but um i love that they're adding more non-dairy options because I know and a lot of people will stop drinking milk for a whole host of reasons whether you may be on that lactose intolerance spectrum or you know for other health reasons but um yeah it's really sweet it's not too sweet and it's not too bitter so that's what I like about it okay I love that well we're gonna go ahead and move on to the tools and techniques of the week So if you guys have been tuning in every week, I'm telling you about my journey on becoming with Michelle Obama, right? So I'm currently reading Becoming by Michelle, by the Michelle Obama. I love her. Um, Listen, she's even bringing back the book recently. If you guys have been tapped into social media, you see that she's doing interviews with youth, teenagers that she changed the wording in the book to where it's more suitable for the teenage youth group. And I love that because like I tell Donald, like I told the audience, like this book really shows like the grassroots of where Michelle Obama started and how her thought processes had to develop and change for her to be the success story that she is today. So shout out again to my, my girl, my friend in my head, the Michelle Obama. So this quote that I'm going to give you guys today comes from her. It states, the most successful people I know have figured out how to live with criticism, to lean on the people who believe in them and to push onward with their goals. So I love this because this is like in direct alignment to you, Jujo, when you were talking about how you had to lean on your support system to build up your resume and to become the person of BBK. I think that's really important because sometimes we think that the most people that just around that's around us every day, those are our friends, but we don't realize that sometimes when we're changing in each season, we have these people around us because they were suitable in that season. But when you change and you develop, sometimes those people are not met, met to change into a new season with right. you. And a lot of times it's hard 
to leave those people because it's like shedding of a skin, shedding of interpersonal relationships that you have developed through over the years. But if you want to be successful in your dreams and your goals, that's going to take you to that next step. Sometimes we have to transition out of those friendships so that we can transition into the new people that our higher power has ordained for us to be. So I wanted to align that to what you were saying today. So I think the beauty of just connection, the beauty in this topic is going to continue to develop. And once again, I'm so happy to have you here today as our special guest. Thank you both. Yes, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, y'all, she, my sister, that's that's her. She will have you feeling goosebumps. Now, I'm reading, I'm reading a quote. Reading a quote. It's not even just the full set of her tools yet, y'all. Um, yes. So we're gonna move on to my segment, the best segment. I'm just okay. kidding. I'm kidding. No shade. <laughs> no shade there. Um, but each week I do stone of the week. So this week. We are doing Blue Goldstone. If I, if Zoom will ever let me be great, um, yeah, if you can see it, um, yeah, it's like very shiny, see. sparkly. Um, you can probably see a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Blue Goldstone, basically, uh, it's very good if you are looking to. Um, it's a it's a very intuitive stone. So like, if you're someone who's looking on like a self discovery journey, or like you were saying earlier, you change the seasons, and each season, you know, it brings about something new within yourself. Um, definitely is a good stone to have. Um, it's also a very good stone um, if you're a very ambitious person. Um, so whether that is in school and life, or you have a business, um, blue goldstone is a very good stone to have. Um, and it's also very good um, if you are someone who struggles like with self-doubt a lot or self-worth issues, definitely a good stone to have. And if I'm looking at my notes correctly, it's vibrating within the heart chakra and the throat chakra. So that is my song of the week. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we're going to go and transition to the next segment where we're going to be looking at the enlightenment of the week. And honestly, guys, like I was so excited about sharing this today because in our families, especially within the Black community, we talk about generational trauma, right? We talk about what we have learned that is a maladaptive thought process, that a, a, a thought process that holds us back from being able to transition into something that's going to make us successful or more successful than our generation before us, right? So I am happy to state that in my family on the Coleman side and on the Oakley side, I was the first doctor in our family. So I have my PhD in psychology, snap, snap for the specialty in forensics, okay? But then um, as of what, two days ago? My- Uh, Friday. uh, Friday, Friday, yeah, two days. My, my youngest um, cousin, Ariel Jordan, has become Dr. Ariel Jordan. We're going to have a, a clap, clap, clap for the MD, okay? So she is now officially a medical doctor. So she is now the second generation um, of, of doctors in our family. And It brings upon tears, goosebumps, as Donald likes to stay. And I know my brother will be next. And I know my sister is going to be after him. And it's just going to be a beautiful transition because I just feel as though our generations is just getting better and better with time. 
And I look at generational trauma as a stigma that not help, it didn't hold me back. It wasn't a trauma that I allowed for de to defeat me. It was something that allowed for me to see that this is the struggle that my lineage had to go through. This is the struggle that they had to, to define our foundation on both sides, the Oakley and the Coleman family. And that foundation was so solid, built with hard workers that never gave up on their dreams, gave back to their children, gave back to their family, and they gave back in a way for me where I was able to have such rich soil where I was able to grow and to develop and then give back to my cousins and to my brother and then to my sister that will be future generations that will be doctors as well. So one thing that I wanted to give to everyone that's tuning in today is that you don't always have to look at generational trauma as something that's going to stunt your growth. You can always look at generational trauma as a learning lesson, something that can assist you on your perspective, assist you on your journey and enlighten you so that you can be the first in whatever that is in your family. So that is my enlightenment of the week. See y'all, y'all. She already getting started with the, on the on the goosebumps. Yes. Listen, y'all. I was so excited to be able to share that with y'all today because this. I just feel like that's just a true blessing. That's a real flex, something you want to brag about. So I was happy to give that to y'all. Yeah, no, I'm, that's definitely you know not every day, um, especially when I don't care what nobody says. Whether you're going to school to get your bachelor's, your master's, your JD, okay. your MD, PhD. Uh, I don't know, um, veterinary school, whatever it is, you may be trying to nursing school. I feel like just to say that I finished yeah, is so yeah. powerful in itself because yeah. not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people have opportunities or have the motivation or the willpower to finish these programs because y'all, these programs be four, five, six, seven, eight okay. years old. Like, so for someone like, you know, to not be addressed as doctor, like that is powerful because that shows you put in the work. Not everyone can put in the work to get the title of being a doctor. So, And nobody can deter you from whatever your dream is. I don't care if it's a programming issue that's telling you we're not going to let you in. You knocking on them doors and you like, where? listen, where's the key? Okay, what's the blueprint <laughs> to get this door open? Because I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying and the door is not opening for me. So that's why I wanted to put you on pause for a minute, Juju, because I'm like, okay, I want you to share what it was, like really lay out the foundation of was it, what it was for you to have these doors constantly slammed in your face, slammed in your face, and how that motivated you and propelled you to now be the CEO of your own business. How did it feel to have those doors not open and how did that propel you to become the person that you are today? And that definitely will lead us in the transition of our uh, main topic today, which is intersectionality when it comes to allyship and activism among our own communities, so the Black and Brown communities and other communities within the POC realm. Now you're going to have to, a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. Okay, that sounds great. And all these terminology, you said POC and allyship. And this is great, but we know as a cohort what that is. So before we get into that topic, do you mind just elaborating a little bit more on where you're coming from and what those terminologies mean? Of course, you know, someone, uh, I'm going to do a little flex there. I attend EMU. Uh, I am a second year biology major, double minor in psychology and communications. 
Um, so yeah, just throwing that out there, uh, a little bio about me, I guess. Um, if this is your first episode, but what um I was saying earlier, so PLC generally means personal color or people of color, if you're referring to a group of people that um that are a person of color, so like someone who's black, Asian, Hispanic, uh, Latinx, um, that would be considered a person of color. Um, intersectionality in this context is focusing on a person that belongs to more than one group. So you can be a woman and be a black person. So there, if you get that analogy, it's intersectional. So you have your identity of being a woman and you also have an identity of being a black person. Um, and allyship, um, I, in this context, I feel like allyship would just involve, um, I guess someone who, uh, is supportive of a group or a movement, um, someone who puts in the work to kind of spread awareness of something or a particular movement. Um, so I guess I can use that in this context of our topic today. Okay, let's let's do it. <laughs> Let, let's let's do it. I just wanted to give the terminology because sometimes I feel like, especially, and I'm gonna just go back to the black community. We hear things and we don't know what they mean. So sometimes we kind of write those terms off or we take them on a different trajectory of what they could mean. So I just wanted to like go ahead and bring it 360 around to what that terminology meant. And then um, bring my question back to you, Juju. I love saying your name, Juju. <laughs> so when it came to you, okay, you had no allyships, okay? <laughs> Being a person of color wasn't good, boo. And I know exactly what that feels like from my perspective. Yeah. But I wanna talk today to you, another black woman, woman of color, however it is that you would like for me to present you, queen. Okay, I know how it is hard to walk in educated and black. Let's start yeah. there. Educated, black, and voiceful. Let's start there. Educated, black, and beautiful. Okay, walking into spaces and owning those spaces, sometimes it makes those spaces not welcoming to you. Mm -hmm. So, what you did is that you started your own business. Yeah. So, I would love for us to talk about that and celebrate that and start with the grassroots of how that started for you. Um, I guess for, first of all, you guys are amazing because I'm just over here like, okay, I need to get my life together. Like you guys collecting me as a <laughs> so thank you for collecting me. Uh, <laughs> I'm all connected. From, from like the stones to the mashallah bump. I'm like, just collect me. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I started BBK, I think the hardest part for me was that okay, so let me let me just say so my resume. It, it, you know I'm black. My first name is Judea. Amoroso. Amoroso is like Italian or whatever, but it's, it's, people think it's, they spell it with the A, they spell it with like an E. I'm like, it's Amoroso, like the Italian bread right yeah. there, okay? And my res so on my resume, I was president of the Black Student Union, um, public relations chair of the Black Student Union, um, Zeta Phi Mesa Incorporated, public relations chair, vice president, um, everything underneath the sun for my chapter because it was a small chapter, SGA president, NCNW, like, and I was told my resume, it read that I was Black. 
So even before like I stepped into the room, you knew I was black. I didn't take that as a bad thing kind of because I already knew what I was doing. But like to be told that my resume read black and we had to fix it up a little bit so it didn't read my race before I walked in the door. It was hard for me to like accept that because I'm just like, is this a bad thing or it's a good thing? But how it was presented to me, it was like a bad thing. But I couldn't take the fact that I was the president of a BSU. I couldn't take that off my resume. Like I did that. Like I'm not mad because of it. I can't take data off of my resume because it's too black. Like I did that. And but I guess what hurt for me is in all that, I was an SGA president. I was a student government president of my university. Like going to Harrisburg, which is the capital of Pennsylvania and speaking with legislators, representatives. But the main point of the focus was I looked too black, but my accomplishments were that. Like you telling me that the student body voted for me for vice president and, and president, but like, we got to switch up my resume so I don't seem too black. That hurt me. And when I started applying to jobs with those, that resume, I didn't, I wasn't getting nothing. Nada. Hmm. Nada. And I was just like, so is it because of that? Like, then I started really doubting, like, was it that part? And then it was that I knew my potential. I wanted to go to college to do um, educational leadership. Um, in urban um, in urban cities because I in reading and watching documentaries and reading I understood what it was like to be at one point like in the city or in an urban area and not getting the best education so I how do I say this I transferred not transferred but in my sophomore year of college I went to school East Orange Campus High and that's in East Orange, New Jersey. So <laughs> it was very much like, okay, it, it, it was not like, it was the education system of like a typical like black person, like who's, I would call it East, East Orange a hood, but some people may call it that. I just call it, <laughs> that's my safe space. Right. And like, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was in mm-hmm. all these classes, like eight, um, AP honors. It was, it was what I needed. Now, then my junior year, I went to a school called Whitehall in Whitehall Copley. Okay. As you can see by the name, it's very much white. Okay. And I was, it was like, do you want to keep continue taking taking these classes from my from my freshman year to now? I was in all like um, honors courses except for like math. That's the only place he wasn't catching me at. But I was still like in those advanced math math courses. And it was kind of told like, do you want to continue taking this load? Give me the load. Right. I don't know if I can take the load if you don't give me the load. And in that moment, but I did take the load and I realized like, wow, this is a lot. I was taking like, we wasn't even taking like regular English. We was taking like British language, language arts, British English. Stuff that I'm like, I don't even think people take English right. <laughs> Like br- British literature. I'm bringing out a whole Shakespeare, and I'm just first of all, I'm Trinidadian. Okay. Like <laughs> that don't that don't that don't bother me. That don't mind me. Um, I speak different, okay? 
that's number one my language is already backwards and you want, want me to learn British literature you tried it right but I took the load and I realized in those moments when I just reflect back, back to where I was, it was it's just like black and brown students they don't have those opportunities they don't have those opportunities to be like I went through the system and because like I know college treating me bad I'm just going to do away with it I don't know college treating me bad and I didn't want that to be for another black and brown student, especially in high school. I want to be like, what's going on with these classes for college? I want to be, I'm like, I'm connected. I went to conferences. Like, let's, let's get you into these people. My friends were RDs, admins. So I'm just like, okay, I'm, I want to be like a college advisor at a nonprofit. And I was getting turned down and I'm just like, yeah stopping my dreams from happening like I want to help these people like you are stopping the dreams like why are you stopping my dreams so even after you altered your resume and everything it still was like no no still no nothing and I'm just like okay I don't know what to do at this point and I saw like you know on Instagram there's all these pages about like relationships and like I'm just like okay I don't need another relationship page so (laughs) everybody's a relationship guru <laughs> like you know <laughs> and I follow all of them yeah me too the relationship page and I and I, and I I had put it on Twitter and I said wow we really double there was like a page for like black and brown students and like higher education and post-grad you know just took and my one fraternity brother he said yo that's a dope idea he said, I might have to, and then I, I went to the group chat with my friends and I started saying like, hey, you guys, you know, what about this idea? Da, 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 da. And I was just like, just telling mm-hmm. them like the thought I had based on what I said on Twitter. And they was like, nah, Drew, you need to do that. I wasn't even trying to do it. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to be like, here's something for y'all to think about. You want to do this? <laughs> like, does like, somebody oh, else want to do this? Not right. Me. I, I got to <laughs> like, tell. That sounds, so, that sounds so dope. And I'm just like, and they just started coming up with ideas. They, hmm. I before I could even be like, oh, hold up, wait a minute. They was already processing everything. Of course. And those real friends. Like the doors were closed, and I always look back and I'm like, wow, what if I did go to college? Like, what if I mean continue my education? Like, what if I did get that job? You know, what if that did happen? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I want to be. And now when I think of it, I'm just like. BBK, you mean the storefronts? You mean the public yes, schools? Yes. You mean like you? Th- it's it's just like BBK is something that I want to be here to stay, and I want it to be in all aspects where people feel like I'm not alone. And I always tell my team, BBK is not only for the university kids who do four year four year institutions. Like we talking about two year, we talk community college, we we talking about trade school because. Even in our community, it's just like, oh, you went to a trade school? That's nothing. No, that's something. And it's just like, we need to uplift, like, our Black and brown community in all aspects. We got to stop shutting people out because they don't look like our, you know, perception. Like, BBK is not only for Greeks. I don't want it to only be for Greeks. Like, I know I'm in Greek life. But, like, or people who aspire to be Greek. There's just some people who may not aspire to be Greek. What about the, I know I'm a student leader, but you may not want to be a student leader. 
Yes. That doesn't mean that a space shouldn't be for you. You still go through the same things we go through. It just might be different. So when I created BBK, it was just like everything that was getting shut on me is just like, I need this to be open for you. Like, I'm really, I, I, I was writing this, like, trying to get a grant. And then writing, like, you know, what did you want to be? I was just like, when I was younger, you know, life happened, you know, family. It, it, and I was just like, I used to write. But I think sometimes I'll be, I, I'm afraid of writing because my grammar not perfect or whatever. So I, I don't, I don't do it often. And I was like, but. I know now that I'm writing, it's an op- to open the door for somebody else. And it's just like, it's a, it's a hill I'm willing to climb. Mm. Like, it's a hill I'm, I'm willing to be on because I know what it feels like to feel like you a failure. First of all, no one's calling you a failure. You're calling yourself a failure. And it's just like a place you should never get to and granted you might may get to it but I want to stop you like I want to see black and brown people be so happy with life it's <laughs> just like oh my gosh it's just yes. like crazy. and I don't I don't want black and people to feel like I gotta carry everything on my shoulder you know what if it even though I may not be the best mentor but what if I'm the mentor you may need for this small thing like we shouldn't like have to get to these places and then and then we're like now now I can help. By that time, that person already did what they had to do. Understand your journey and where you're at is good for somebody. It doesn't have to be perfect because that's how we end up in these place in these spaces. We try to be perfect, and now mm-hmm. that we're so perfect. Yes. The person now has to be like, well, I need to be perfect too. And now they don't even know your story to know that you went through trials. And now they're looking at their story like, but she's so perfect. Why can't I be like her? But you're so afraid to tell your story. And now you've got a world of people. It, it doesn't, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Tell your failures, say your failures. Don't live on your failures. Don't let it live on you. But understand like, in this community, we got to, we, we really gotta it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay yeah. to know that everything doesn't work out how we want it to I think it's always going going to but I don't want I don't want my little sister my little brothers because I got like, when I have kids this might be a little different <laughs> when I have kids it's, it's done I ain't waiting yeah. 15 years because I want to live my life when you're 15 I'm not trying to get another one right and that's what my parents did so I have like younger younger siblings I'm not talking like 16, 15, no. Four. Okay. In town. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were age difference, but she like, right. no. no. 20 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like, I want you to be happy. My little sister, she's 10. She's one of the old, she's, well, not the oldest, but the oldest out of the youngest. Mm-hmm. And She's in class and she's just like, I'm like, what do you want to be? Said, she said, I want to work at this. I, I want to work at a supermarket. I said, that's what you want to be. <laughs> I was in, I was like, what? how old is she? She's 10. Okay. Okay. I said, what? I said, you don't want to be do gymnastics. She was like, well, mommy not going to pay for it. I said, the supermarket stuff. But then I had to realize if she wants to be at a supermarket, Okay, but I'm thinking, I was thinking small. I'm just thinking like she's going to be a cashier the rest of her life. Surely can go up, grow up, 
own the whole damn supermarket, yep. own the whole chain. Yep. She want to do. She love food. Franchise. So she love food so much. She can really like be the cashier, then to be the manager, then to be the supervisor, then to you know one day maybe she may love food so much and want to own a whole her own supermarket. And it's just like you know, dang, shorty, I shouldn't have to mind your dreams like that. If you want to be the supermarket, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> But see, she has somebody like you now where you're watering her yeah. dreams, you know, you can pour it. Okay, so if that's what you want to do, start as a cashier, pouring water on it. Yeah. Then as you are a cashier, go to a manager, pour water on it. Yeah. Then as you're a manager, look into investing to open your own supermarket, pouring water on it. And then one day you look up, she has grown and blossomed into this entrepreneur that has like five or six stores. Yep. And she has franchised out because she has a sister like you that's pouring water to help develop her, her dreams. Yep. You're providing the nutrients that she needs to develop into the person that she needs to be. Yeah. And I was that's just, that thought process. Sis. I, was like, dang, I was like, so I'm like, so sorry, Sid. That's her name. Like, sorry, Sydney. I didn't mean to be like that. My face Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> Are you serious? My mom, my mom, like she's different. She was in the military, overseas, combat, nurse. She do Reiki now, like all that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, mom, you have that part of life. Yes. Won't be me, but I was just like, say you don't want to. But I, but I knew I was never going to push into the medical field because when I was trying to, when I was pushed to the medical field, I said you. <laughs> I was, I, I tried, I, I tried to find every maneuver. I even went to college as an athletic training major. Okay. In my first semester. And my mom was just like, you're not getting it. I'm like, mommy, no. <laughs> no That's not I, it. I, she gave me the coloring book and everything. You still not getting it? Mommy, no. Like, <laughs> it's just, this is, when you're at war, you know that what is this? Cause that's someone's life. I'm exactly. not at war. Exactly. This is a classroom and surely <laughs> is not what I need or this major is not what it needs for me. Yeah. Changed my major. And then that second semester of college, I switched my major to communication public relations because I knew if you were on if you were injured just now playing a sport, um, somebody please, um, can you come help her? <laughs> I, I I love your life. And I love me too. And I love your life so much. I want the best for you. I'm not right. nothing. It's okay. I'll probably take the loss on whatever money may come my way um, in the first couple of years. Exactly. But your life is more valuable than a lawsuit. It's okay. <laughs> but you had to learn that, right? You were able yeah. to explore it. You were able to get mentorship, like you said, from your mom. Like, all right, mom, that's great, but that's not the road that I want to take. So you yeah. were able to see what it was that you wanted to be because you had the opportunity to see these different areas of interest. And I like that you talked about earlier how you went from one school and then you went to another and you were like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. Think about people that's still in those particular like urban, urban, and I use air quotes because urban is like a loose term, but impoverished areas that don't have the opportunity mm -hmm. to go out and see different areas of learning, to understand what's a different area of interest. Yeah. Sometimes people don't realize, but your, your thought process of growth or what's the next level in life is based upon what you've been exposed to. Right. If you've never seen a Black doctor or you've never seen a Black entrepreneur, you don't even know that you can start your own business. All you see is maybe like, 
okay, you have a cousin, maybe she started a boutique or eyelash line. That's great. And that might be something that you want to do. But what if that's not your area of interest? What if you don't know how to do eyelashes? I know I don't. (laughs) Right. What if you're not interested in opening a boutique, but you might have a strong suit in math, but you don't know somebody that is a black like math statistician. You might not know that person. That might not be a thing for you to realize that you can go out and work for somebody like NASA or work for somebody that is the grassroots of a multi-million dollar company because you've never been exposed to that. So I love that with your company, it sounds like, and if I'm listening correctly, you're exposing people that's on this, this learning journey, wherever they are. It doesn't have to be a university. It could be like a two-year college, like you said before, and hats off to even talking about that. Because what people might not know, if this is like your first time tuning in, I wasn't a straight-A student. It wasn't like, oh yeah, she's been a 4.0 her whole life. That's why she... No, I wasn't, I literally went to a four-year college at Tiffin University, shout out to Tiffin, Ohio, hey and um, from there, I had like an academic scholarship, but I just wasn't in the mindset of what it was to be a student. I wasn't focused. So I went to um, Wayne County Community College that's in Detroit, Michigan. I went there for a year. I went to the campus off of Joy Road, okay? And if you guys know, (laughs) that's in the hood, right? (laughs) That community college doesn't even exist anymore. But I went to that community college for a year. And I did that for me because I needed to know what it was to study. I, I knew that I could focus, but I had no study habits. I was just used to, because high school didn't really challenge me, I was just able to just go on with it. But when I got to college, my first year, I realized I didn't have study habits. And if I needed to go on this trajectory of being a psychologist, if that's what I wanted to do, that I needed to be able to know what it's like to study and learn in an environment that's going to make me realize this is not where I want to stay. But if I want to get out of here, I need to learn these habits. So for a year, I went to community college. And I went, like I said, on Joy Road. And it was like, It was hard for me because I knew that that's not where I wanted to be, but it pushed me every time that I got out and went on that campus and I was looking around, I was like, okay, Ebony, you did this to yourself. You said, this is what you wanted to do to learn these habits. So you need to learn these habits so you can get up out of here. Because if you don't, you're going to be here for the next two years. So is this really what you want or are you going to push yourself? When I left that campus, I told y'all I'd never been a 4.0 student. My GPA was a 3.7 when I left Wayne County Community College. And at that time, that's when I uh, transferred over to Oakland University and that's where I finished out my bachelor's. And from my bachelor's, moved to Atlanta, went to Argosy University for my MA. And then from there, went to Walden University for my PhD. I looked back at that and I said, this is not what I wanna be. I'm suffocating myself because I don't want to push myself to learn study habits. The smallest look, because you don't want to sit down and study and structure your dreams, you're going to structure somebody else's dreams because you don't put in the work ethic like the other person did. All these multi-million dollar billionaire companies, they started off in, a lot of them started off in impoverished neighborhoods. A lot of them started off with it just being a dream in somebody's basement, in somebody's garage, and it was just here. 
It was just here. But nobody is going to be you like you. Right. Your 911 emergency is somebody else's just thought process. So whatever it is that you want to do, whatever you want to grow into, develop, cultivate, and be, you can be that, but you got to work for it. Ain't nobody going to, like you were talking about, the doors being closed on you. Wasn't nobody going to give you the keys? I hear you, Juju. Okay, girl, just go on in. <laughs> Have fun. There you go. There go your salary, girl. You want 100000 We got, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> not for real. That's just not what it is. And to be honest, especially being a Black person, male or female, you have the world against you. You have the world against you. So sometimes you have to put in the extra work. You have to show up and be times 10 the next person. And if you feel like your work is being depreciated or they're not valuing you at what you need to be valued at, then you have to sit down and like you said, learn how to write grants. So I wanna go back to this grant writing because I know that I didn't take no class that showed me how to grant write. Just like I ain't take no class to show me to get out here and be no researcher. And I had to do it for my dissertation, but we'll talk about that later. So tell us what it was for you to sit down and write a grant. How, I mean, how did you learn that? Where did that even come from? Uh, well, no, it was a, it was, I was applying for a grant. Okay. And I, it was just, you know, it, for him, it was the story tell. But sometimes when you I've been through a lot. I've been through so much in my life. But what I'm trying to know is that I'm not a victim anymore. And I don't want to be in this space of like a victim telling. And it's, it's just like, I'm overcoming. Like I did it. It, was, it happened. It's just part of my short story. And in writing it, it was just like, okay, you know why you need this money. You know why you created BBK. But, you know, when I talk about you know, not getting to college or whatever, it happened. I'm not a victim of it. It just propelled me to do something else. So when you write those grants, you just come from a place of like, I want to say just like faith. It may not happen yet, but just write it like it's already there. So therefore, when everything is said and done, it's just like, oh, this person's not writing because, you know, they're afraid. No, like they want that. Like, I want that storefront. I'm going to write that grant like the storefront is already there. So when they're reading it, they feel my emotion. Like as a, as a storyteller, as a person, as a con major, I was always a person to be able to know how to pull emotion. And when I write, I want to pull your emotion. Like I want you to be like, oh shoot. This girl, she's serious. Like, yeah. oh, like I want to shed a tear. Like, wow, like I feel her. You know, like when I write, I just don't want to write because I want it. I want I want you to read it. So therefore you feel me. And even if I don't get the grant, you still read my story. And it's the true story. It's not something to be like, oh my gosh, what's the perfect formula to write just to get it? Because at that point, you know, you can write something that sounds so beautiful or so nice or it like hits everything, but it's not your story. It's a story you fabricated. Now you're trying to live up to a story that you put on paper because you wanted some money. <sighs> Not gonna be me. If I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna let you know what it is. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> you know, like, oh, today, yep, 
she just messed up in college. No, shorty, the door was not, the door was closed. Like the door happened. Like it didn't happen for me. Like you're never going to get a fake story because even though I didn't get it, you read it, you know it. Someone else might have a grant and they may be friends with you and they read it and they be like, yo, like I couldn't give this girl a grant, but this is her story. And he could be like, oh, wow. Like, or she could be like, oh, I read that same story too. You know, it's just about, keep going like don't stop don't don't be afraid to to continue on but in saying that you gotta rest you got to like if your mind is telling you that you probably need to rest and you're fighting it your body will shut down for you before your mind can even be like hold hold up let me get a hold of her like it was a process of me also resting like i can't i i try so much to do it on a on a like a willing mind that my body it shut down for itself it just said you thought you gonna do this <laughs> laugh in my face it it did it to me and I, I think that's I think you know in in accomplishing your dreams you have to know when to rest you gotta know when to allow yourself to give your body the time to heal process information because you know process overload is a thing you know and I see so many people they're like um, what if I needed this moment? Because when I went to college, I was right off the back. Like I wasn't your typical student. I was in like three organizations. I was taking 18 credits. And then in the summertime, I'm a, I was the orientation leader waking at five o'clock in the morning dealing with freshmen. Ooh. I mean, I was a freshman at one point too, but I was like, <laughs> They look be different, okay? Listen, listen, because some of them just be down bad. You don't feel like that. I feel like they be in, they be in the room sleeping, and people talking. I'm just like, and it was just like, okay, I did that freshman year, sophomore year, I did it. Junior year was my worst year because I, oh my goodness, if I told you I made it out of the life, I'd probably be like crazy. Our president, vice president, and when stuff goes wrong on campus as black and brown students, it's just like, can I get a day off of a class a week? Because what I'm about to go through, it's not even academic, but this is real life. Like, it's, it hurts. Like, I was the vice president at one point. I, when I was vice president at my SGA, I was also BSU's president. And we had a conflict go on, go on on the campus ground, and based and my and my president at the time, my SGA president, she was um, she was also black too, and we kind of were told we had to kind of maneuver how we handled the situation, or like, and the students wanted to do a protest, but we couldn't speak at the protest. They told us we couldn't speak. If we went to the protest, we had to be very quiet. It was a silent protest anyway, but we couldn't do anything. And at that moment, it was just like, do I choose to be black at the moment or do I choose to be a SGA president or a position? And I'm just like, like that stuff pulls in your brain. And I did that again for another year, my senior year. And it's just like, sometimes maybe my body was tired. Like, if I continued on, may, what bad things would have happened to me mentally, like, that would have changed my moment. So sometimes you really do have to rest because we get 
are so in this culture of like hustle, 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 move, 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 that sometimes it gets, it, you get caught up. You may not get caught up like two years from now, but when you're probably like 30, you look back on life and you're like, wow, I didn't do nothing for myself. And now you start taking it out on other people and other situations and you start to like, kind of like try to develop like this mentality of like selfishness. I'm sorry, y'all. That's how they know it's live, okay? This is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is my editing. That's my mom. Right. She told me. She probably like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. Okay. Um, but it's just like, you know, and I kind of, you know, this is my transparent moment, but like you kind of see it in your parents too, that they kind of work so hard. Like, and I see when my, my mom and my dad, like they had me at young and they worked so hard, worked so hard, worked so hard and that, when they're at a certain age, they're kind of not wanting to give you anything because they're like, I want to provide for myself. I want to be happy. I want to do this. I want to, I, you know, I gave you all my life. And then it's just like, even though they're not trying to, but they didn't take time to rest. They didn't take time to be with themselves. They didn't take those increments for themselves that now that they're kind of taking it out on you and you're just like, well, I didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? I didn't, I, I was just living, but like, they was like, well, I had to sacrifice and I had to do this. And it's just like, take those moments to rest because when you're 30, when you're older, whatever, and you begin to live life, you don't want to be take, be mad at taking that out on people because you didn't decide to take that moment to say, I may not need to do this. I might need to probably like be tight for a season and be tight for a year. So therefore I can have this in the long run to be in these positions. Oh, yeah. burnout is real. Burnout is real. Here on this podcast, we talk about self-care, self-love, self-worth, self-value. Yeah. All of that is really important because once you give and give, you, there's no going back to try to give back from an empty cup. Right. I can only give you what I have to give. So if I'm constantly giving to you and now I'm experiencing burnout, I can't give you all that love and all of these wonderful things to build you up and make you this beautiful person because I don't even feel that about myself because I'm empty. And see, that's when depression sets in. That's when anxiety and fear and worry sets in. So what you're talking about, I hear you. We've all, literally all went through it to get to this point. We do, we see it in our parents. We see it in our grandparents because self-love or self-care in general wasn't something that was a big thing. Like now in social media, we talk about wellness. We talk about holistic healing. We talk about self-care. Like that's a hashtag that has a million different people hashtagging it every day, right? It's a, it's a real thing. But even on my experience on writing my dissertation, where I looked at mental health practitioners and their burnout and how they were giving and giving to other people, like their patients and their clients, and not giving to their sales, I had people breaking down crying on me in interviews. Mm. Because when I asked them about what their self-care looked like, they're like, nobody has asked me that a question probably since I was in graduate school. So sometimes when we're becoming these CEOs and these students of higher education and these entrepreneurs, we have to realize that burnout, I don't care where you are in your life, is a real thing. Yeah. And sitting back and taking self-inventory, like actually listening, like you said, to your body, your body keeps the score, right? So if your body is telling you, I'm tired, if your body is telling you, I'm feeling sick, it's sometimes okay to put that phone on, do not disturb, close them blinds, and Netflix and chill for 24 hours. Listen, 24 hours can do a big thing for you if you just sit back, relax, hydrate, and chill out. 
right? Because it allows for your body to realign itself. And so I think that's important that you bring that up, Juju, because no matter where you are in your trajectory of success, and I feel like you're going to be a successful person. I'm going to get into something else in a minute. No matter where you are on that trajectory, it's important to always put self first because self is who you wake up to. Self is who you go to sleep to. And self is going to assist you in becoming who you need to become. Shout out to Michelle Obama. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> so all of these things, I think is really important because the next thing that I want to talk to you about is now that the pandemic is starting to open up things, right? People are getting the COVID vaccinations. People are starting to go outside a little bit more. What's the next steps for BBK? Are we looking at storefronts, brick and mortar? Are we looking at panels? Are we looking at brunches? What's, what's the next steps? Also, before you answer that, just really quick, um, I'm going to let you answer that, Queen. Not trying to cut you off. But um, definitely, I want us to also pivot the conversation a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about um, next, as soon as you answer that, um, for, and we can talk about BBK specifically, um, stances on intersectionality when it comes to um, these Black and Brown spaces. So, for example, like BBK, you know, it's for Black and Brown students, Black and Brown undergrads, postgrads, wherever you may be. Um, should these groups also include other POC people, so non-Black POCs? Like, do you think groups like these people could benefit from being in these spaces, um, especially considering, you know, um, the increase with the Asian, uh, Asian American attacks? Do we, for these spaces, are we, and I use the term we very loosely, but um, are these spaces made for everyone, um, not just, black and brown people but for other poc people as well oh so come on girl what you got i'm i'm gonna answer um the recent questions because so when i created um the black and brown connection it was hard for me to i wanted to only say like well first of all it just wanted to be off like black people at first but when I did my research and like and when I was in college it was like you know the Latinx community community was also they're also struggling with a lot as well and and one thing that some people I mean this happens with like um black people um black people from Caribbean countries from other countries as well but it's a language barrier and what and that also hurts them like the Latinx community, Hispanic community the most. And it's just like, I would be, I, I would be so wrong to know I did research and be selfish and to be like, this is the only space for black people. When I know when I was in school in East Orange and when I was in school in these other places that there were Hispanic kids who looked like me, but who just spoke Spanish, were going through the same things I went through. I would be a fool. I'll be really, really wrong to do that. And but I'm also Trinidadian, so but and and be Trinidadian, I'm Indo, I'm Afro, and I'm Spanish as well, Hispanic. So like it's just like I can't deny myself other places as well because it's just like that would be wrong of me to do. Like you are the living embodiment of what it means to be intersectionalized. Like that's what I was talking yeah. about earlier. You know, 
um, yeah. someone who comes from all these different identities and to create a space for people with those identities because yeah. it, especially, you know, um, I can't imagine how polarizing that can feel sometimes because, you know, historically speaking, not all of these groups were welcoming of the others. So mm -hmm. to see a space where it's inclusive, I feel like that's so dope, like, you know, mm -hmm. to include that because not a lot of people, you know, give that level of inclusivity, you know what I'm saying? It's not a tip for tap for me either. Like I saw this thing going on and it was just like, you know, and cause like, well, one post was like the black community should be like people to help. And I'm just like, it shouldn't only be the black community. But then I also saw someone who was black say, you know, kind of did a post like, well, when, you know, what was going on with China and the Africans, you know, should we help? And, and it's not a tip for tat. If you, as a person, if you wrong, you wrong, you right, you right. It's just like, you know, if I had people who identify as Asian as friends, but because something happened in China, I'm not gonna help them out. It's like, what, like that's, don't make no sense. Like BBK, it is hard sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. Because when we do like motivational Mondays where we highlight black and brown students, sometimes it is hard to find, you know, different people of POC because First, we gotta identify what we'll be talking about. That's number one. Two, you ain't gonna, you won't, you're not gonna say you're not black. That's number two, or brown. You're not gonna say that you don't identify with those African roots because if you don't, I'm just so sorry. You just can't be on this page. Yeah. So it's not just for because you, like, the biggest part we kind of run into is like the Latinx community because it's just like, so are you with the cause, you're not with the cause because if you're not with the cause, we're not about to put you with the cause. And it just, it just with research, you know, we see, we kind of look th through the people, like, what are you doing? Like, how are you moving? And sometimes people are very like, oh, wow, I didn't even know you wanted to feature me. And it's just like, yeah, we do. You're wrong. <laughs> like, why not? And it's just like, it's sometimes it is hard because we do want to include people in, in it because you're also infected. You know, someone who is like, might identify as Black and Asian, like, they're probably already going through, like, you know, their life and like, who, what, what do I go to? And, and for BBK, it's not to be like, you gotta choose. It's, not, it's like, that's not what it is. It's like, this is a space for you because you you know where your roots come from. You know what it, what it is. Like, we're not gonna sit here and make you choose which side to really absorb more. We just, we just gotta make sure on our end, you with the cause, okay? You, you, with, you with it? Are you good with it? Cause like, <laughs> And I think that's the hardest thing for us to do is because we don't want just to put anyone on our, on our platform. We don't right. want just to, you know, just be, hey, here's this person and then come two months down the line, you talking about, what? You didn't speak to this person? Yeah, we did. That's <laughs> <laughs> now you're connected with the wrong person. Connected with the wrong person. <laughs> it, don't, it doesn't have to be like that. I think, I love love, I'm a loving person. The, I want to be happy and I want to have love and I want to give love so and knowing that and how I am as a person you're going through something like this let me help you out what can I do like do you just need a vent I'm here do you need a vent like what what do you need it's not supposed to be like sometimes and I understand I understand in the black community we're like we're so burnt out from helping everybody else out but that doesn't mean you stop you be you're, you stop because your friend 
that's your friend. That's not just a shorty on the on the corner. Like that's your friend going through. That's your friend who just witnessing people that look like them go through something, and you're just gonna turn a blind eye. You can't do that. I mean, I mean, you can. You obviously can. But for me, it's just like you can't do that. You can't say you don't stand with them because you're just like, well, my trauma and the tip of that trauma is worse. At that moment, it's just like. I'm human, I know what you feel, and I'm just gonna be here to help you out. And some people, when they think of advocating, it's just like, oh, I gotta be this big advocate. No, you can be advocate for your friend. You don't have to be advocate for the world, for Instagram, for the whole household. You just gotta, you could be advocate for that person. And, you know, but I know we all try to be thinking big because who doesn't wanna think big? Of course. (laughs) Just do what you gotta do, like, in your moment. Everybody needs somebody. So what's the next step, sis? Like, what do we have, Miss Juju? What's what's going on when this world opens back up? What can we expect from the BBK? Well, I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to get back to New York <clears throat> for this okay. time. But even if I don't get to New York, we just gonna be taking flights. Um, we just gonna be taking flights. Yeah, this one knows about flights. So. <laughs> I'm all in about flights. <laughs> what time no, is that? We, we, we want to do like brunches. We want to do events. There was so many things we had planned for last year because of the pandemic. So this year is just like all of those things. And panels. That's what I want. That's what that's, I want. And I would love to do like a virtual panel where yes. we can all tap in in different ways, like bringing our podcast there. I know on drebonycoman.com, in addition to wellness, I also offer an online academic mentorship opportunity. For people that's looking to go into behavioral sciences, because I know it's very difficult um, to go on that journey to figure out what classes to take, what it looks like for next steps in our field. So I would love to give to like a panel, and I'm sure Donna would as well, in some (laughs) aspects. So make sure when you are looking to do your panel or your brunches, especially if they're virtual, let us know. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what we want to do and I, I know we're trying to we're trying to figure out how we can get people together and in person i'm just like y'all you know we we still kind of here right you know little, <laughs> little pandemic what do you like we still in a, we still in the pandora's box like, right. <laughs> like i don't know what y'all want to do dude but let me just think no i really i i miss getting together people i miss you know just being able to be like hey what's up like before the right. pandemic started, I know we wanted to do like a, uh, what was it, like a panel, not a panel, but like a workshop mm-hmm. on like choosing your destination, like having people come back, speak, and just be like, you know, every everyone says, and you know, not everyone, but it's just like after, like, what does a person look like who did not go to post, who did not continue their graduate degree? You know what I mean? Because, like, everyone just gets so afraid of, like, oh, my gosh, I went to college. I only got my bachelor's. And some people, they force themselves to get another degree. And it's just, like, dang, I got that degree again. And now I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, have have those panels, discussions. I don't know if you guys were in, like, um, U.S. grant positions at your universities. But we're trying to do, like, um, panels. Um, to teach people how to like get those leadership positions like you want to be a vice president or president of an organization you know we ran we got it we can tell you how to like win your campaign and so those are the things we're excited to do and then um we're trying to start a 
like a summer program for two organizations, two organizations for, um, how do I say this? Like leadership, um, knowing that the, knowing that a lot of people or a lot of universities, universities, universities may still be virtual. We want to help two student leaders out or organizations plan out actually their fall and, and spring semester. Like when it comes to, um, which we'll call it, like when it comes to like the timelines, the calendars, um, thinking about different fundraiser ideas and helping them out. We want to like help to to like organizations or people basically develop the calendar and have the resources so when they are in their positions for that year, basically everything's planned out and they don't have to do it by themselves. So they can just enjoy their actual academic year and they can actually enjoy the fun knowing that all the process and the planning is, is done. And then they have like eight people who already been through it like for them for like three months. It's almost like in clinical terms, we would call your services wraparound services mm -hmm. because you guys help with the academia lane. You're helping with entrepreneurship. You're also helping with leadership opportunities. So we were looking at career goals. So yeah. I'm going to say that when I look in and envision what BBK would be for the world, I see it as like wraparound services because you guys cover all different aspects of a person. So hats, hats off to you and your, your organization, your entrepreneurship lane. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I so definitely you, like, just looking, oh, not to like cut you off. No, no, okay. Dear sister, but just um, like going off, I think BBK, like, I wouldn't say like maybe starting different chapters, but definitely linking up with different schools, like leaders in different schools. I know you guys have reached out to me. And if y'all don't follow them on Instagram, you should definitely follow BBK on Instagram. I'm featured on there a couple of times. Just I know. Shameless throwing plug. that out there. I've been featured. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, you made it. You made it on the page, okay? I, I made it on the page. History. I, I'm, in, I'm in BBK history. I've been featured okay, you know, a couple of times. So definitely, I think it would be cool to just have, um, I guess, BBK ambassadors like at different schools, I definitely think that would be so powerful in itself because I know a lot of organizations, I know my school's BSU, uh, we recently went inactive just because, you know, this pandemic, you know, a lot of people get busy and, you know, people have other responsibilities and stuff like that. So definitely when you were talking about that workshop of just, you know, how to be a student leader during this pandemic, you know, doing things virtually because, you know, now we've had like what a full year of the virtual panorama Zoom life. So, you know, like a lot of things happen. I think definitely having that uh, workshop would definitely be beneficial for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, that that thing it's it's for it's for like when I say when I say what we want to do, it's for basically when we want to start it in May, but it depends on everybody. But it's supposed to be like a May, June, July, August situation where we literally sit down on Zoom with you like like um, each week and just help you out plan your whole entire thing. It's literally like you have like a whole academic board at your fingertips to help you out. Okay. Like if you, and it's from the beginning to end, like what do you want your mission to be? Like how can we help you like, you know, make your mission like real through your um through your events, through your fundraisers, through the people. Like, we want to like actually make sure that you have the full year, like, locked in, so you can really enjoy life. Like, we want to actually be there, not just mm -hmm. to like, give you tips, but like 
oh, hey, Juju, like, I want to ask for this advice. Like, can you help me out? And we can give it to you, like, where we can hook up, like, your e-board with people who are secretaries, who have been secretaries on my team, who have been PR people on my team, who have been presidents of finances. Like, we want to, like, hook up the whole e-board to make sure that everyone is in cohorts with everything. So, therefore, when the year comes, you already move on, like, the e-board. You don't have to have the that situation played out as a first-time thing when the academic year actually starts. Like, we want to, like, really be in there with y'all. So if people yeah, want to reach out to you, this, <laughs> exactly. But if people just... are listening or watching on YouTube, what's your social media outlet so that people can reach out to you? Um, so you can reach out to us via Instagram at BB Connection, this BB Connection, or you can like hit us up on like Gmail at BB Connection um, at gmail.com. The Gmail is also in um, on our Instagram, our Instagram, yeah, on our Instagram as well. So we want to really like help two people, like two organizations out. Like we like, we know how much it really hurt and we want to help you guys out. Like right now with my old university, I might not touch that too much, but they did some dumb stuff. And okay. we're trying to help the, the president of their SGA create a policy to make sure what, what happened at the university doesn't happen again. And if it does, your student dollars, every activity that you want to be a part of is taken away from you. Like if the university don't want to expel you, the SGA, we're going to make sure that you actually don't participate in anything on this campus or get to have any use of the money. So we're actually helping like my SGA or SGA out with a policy. Okay. Yeah. And we understand and we know what it's hey. like. And it just it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. Like my norm shouldn't have to be your norm as a as a student leader. It shouldn't have to be. You should be able to be like, okay, this happened to Juju or her, or somebody else, like let someone help them not have to go through that. I shouldn't, hmm. you know, I was stressed out. Doesn't mean you have to be stressed out. It, it shouldn't work like that. You know. So I think, you know, you've been dropping gems. Uh, y'all know we hate when it gets to that time. We got to start wrapping it up. Y'all, we could talk forever. We would. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're all, all three of us, it just seems like we all got things on our plate. So just to wrap this up, uh, what is just one thing or two or however, however many gems and tips you want to give out for free uh, <laughs> for all the college students that are tapped in listening right now? Uh, what advice would you give um to like a student leader or someone who is interested in becoming a student leader like how to get involved in their communities um like what like what beginner things would you want to tell someone um first thing first is be comfortable with yourself um sometimes we try to be in spaces where we know it's not true to who we are so first know yourself be comfortable with yourself first so you can maneuver in whatever spaces you want to. And, and two, don't be afraid to start a small as just being a member. Just the, just the same way, like, a company will work. I was talking about my sister first starting up as a cashier. Like, don't be afraid just to be in the organization. Like, sometimes you don't always have to be the person, like, doing everything. But if you do something that you know you're good at doing and you're consistent with it, people will see. Don't. Don't try to be above and beyond and you're just trying to be like, 
hey, I'm just a chilling person. As an OL, as an orientation leader, I was not the, oh my goodness, in your face. That was not me. But I did it for all three years of college. Um, but that. that was, but that pulled the chill people towards me. People who were just like, hey, I'm here. I want to be here. Cool, shorty, we here too. Like, I'm just, I'm tired. What you want to eat? You want to go to the cafe early? Let's go to the cafe early. Like, it pulled people who were, who were, who understood my vibe and my energy. They wanted that. So, you know, be who you are and people will pull towards you. Don't try to push yourself into somebody else because it's, it's never going to feel real in the, in the long end. You know, just, just do you. Yourself. I love that. Yeah. It's a process, but I think I think once once we all love ourselves mm-hmm. and it's it's a journey to love yourself. I was talking to my friend the other day and she was just like, How old are you? And I said, I'm 24. She said, You have 24 years to unlearn things. Don't try to push it all into a year or two years or three years because you it took you 24 years to learn them. It's not gonna take you a day, a month, or a year to unlearn everything. Give yourself grace. And I like that at this point that you're identifying with the fact that you don't have to be perfect. Perfectionism is something that you will constantly seek and never become. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful that you're telling me at 24 years old, you realize that and you have accepted that as your truth. Yeah. So that's another gem that you have dropped on today for everybody that's tuning in and listening If you are in search of being perfect, that is something that's going to be the demise to your success because every success story has its pitfalls. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the journey. So thank you, like I said, so much for tuning in. We want to always give our flowers to our entrepreneurs, our CEOs, our academias out here doing amazing things. So thank you for coming on to our show today. Donald, did you want to say anything in closing? Um, just you guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment. Y- y'all know, y'all know the drill. Okay. Y'all, y'all already know we have to self-promote and plug ourselves because if you have a platform, why not plug yourself? So <laughs> if you are watching this, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share. Um, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that bell icon because you will get personal notifications whenever we upload an episode. Like, You'll be on your morning jog, whatever you like to do for your morning ritual. And YouTube will be like, yo, they just dropped the episode. You going to tap in? Like, they going to say? They going to say what? They going to say, y'all going to tap in? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Just so make sure you tap in. Um, and if you are watching or listening um, on Spotify, Apple, uh, all, all podcasting and streaming platforms, because there's a lot of them. Um, make sure if you can leave us a good review um, if that's available on the app and make sure you download our episode y'all because that boosts that algorithm up you know get us out there and I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show like I know when I reached out I was like is she even gonna read this DM like follow me okay but I was like wait a minute I was featured on the page so she should know who I am come on that's just bad form (laughs) No, I did. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, yo, someone who was a motivational Monday reached out. I, I remember everybody. Like, That's so sweet. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much again for coming on here and just giving us the gems, giving us the seeds to plant our garden. Uh, I very much appreciate it. I wish I had some pen and paper, but 
it's okay. I'm gonna rewatch this episode and <laughs> take me some notes because y'all dropped too much for my neck to hold. I gotta write some stuff down. <laughs> so Thank you guys once again for always tuning in to Unapologetic Conversations with the Comments. And we will see you guys next Monday. Yes, we will. See you guys. Yeah.